All right, is that better? <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely better. For sure. Can you guys see my screen? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And Steve, you want to share the document? Yeah. Are we drinking, by the way? You can drink if you want. I need to drink. I'm going to grab a couple beers. I save that for Friday. I'm not, uh, <laughs> I don't drink weekdays. <laughs> I'll be right back. Uh, Hello and welcome to the Dodgeball Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Justin Bosch. Steve, unfortunately, was having some internet issues. So tonight, we have two of the most famous dodgeball players in the country, Serge Ferrara from Rise and Vince Merchbanks from Doom and currently of Heat. How are you guys uh, doing tonight? Doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. So Thanks for, thanks for having us. Yeah, you know, this is, a, this is kind of like a dream podcast. I was telling Steve before I got on the phone, I was watching rise and doom footage like i often do and uh i guess i must have was watching one of the first rise doom matches from like 2013 when Payan joined and uh normally you watch a doom rise match and it ends and you guys are pretty cordial i think there's like a a common ground you guys both have like a lot of respect for each other but this one ended and it was the first time i ever saw doom uh really cheer and pump their chest and i instantly messaged vince and i was like was this the first time you guys beat rise and uh, that's sort of where I got the idea for it from. Um, I remember, I remember so, that that specific um, tournament. That was like yeah, when we had the pink jerseys on, yeah, jerseys. Was that at the the gym with like the brick? It was in like Phoenix, somewhere in Arizona. Yeah, it was like a it was a much more open court than like normal dodgeball games were done at. Yeah, I don't um, think there's any brick there. So, I guess basically just for everyone else, Surge. I know Rise is widely known as like Tim, Jim, you. Um, but how did you guys sort of come together, the rest of your team? I know you guys joined from the bar, but then the rest of the team, how did you build that out? Yeah, so I mean, uh, as you pointed out, Tim, Jim, and myself uh, formed a team in 2007 at the bar, Country Western Bar, along with Anthony Alessandro and a guy named Jay Runyon. Um, stuck around together for quite some time. Joe uh, Coella joined us the year after forming in 2008. And, and then little by little, just folks started dropping off and, and we picked up people who were more serious and sort of into the sport as, you know, we started to grow more serious as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, some notable people that we picked up along the way in 2011, we picked up Justin Pyan and then uh, later on down the road in 2013, Billy and Casey came, came on, 2014, Alan came on and then so on. Uh, some more people later on down the road, but that's kind of how, how we were formed um does that answer your question Justin? yeah definitely i think we're gonna get into like a little bit more of those questions later like sort of how you added players how you move players on and how you prioritize them um vince i know doom is sort of like a combo- combo- uh, combination of like the best players in la i know you guys were sort of two or three different teams how did you guys sort of come together um uh, we came together to beat rise straight up yeah. <laughs> that was my um, question yeah, we. I mean, we were on like Syndicate, Gridlock, Legion, all these teams that would you know place third, second, but could never get over the hump. So, so you guys and, definitely did come together to beat Rise. That was a definite. Well, combination. The, the the elite team for sure, 
Um, mm-hmm. We didn't want to get second, and Rise was always winning. So if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So it wasn't necessarily, well, let's go beat Rise. It's let's be the best team that we can be. And to be the best, we had to beat Rise. Cool. So I uh, just sort of wanted to go back into the early days. So I know you guys started in 2007. What pushed you guys, Serge? Like, if you didn't have anyone who was really competing with you guys, how did you guys push yourself? Well, I mean, for its time, you had you had like some big players, you know, back in our day, teams like AAA, and uh, there was this Alaskan team that would go to the NBL on a regular basis, and those were the teams to beat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, teams that are obviously, uh, and then also the Hawaiian team. Um, MPC. MPC, MPC, yeah. Those were the top teams back in the day, and so, you know, there was somewhat of a packing order and there were, you know, the, the quote unquote best teams around. So we were always motivated to, to be a competitive team and, and, you know, be the best. And so those kind of teams back in the day were what pushed us. Um, you know, we eventually ended up um, getting on top in 2008 and staying there for quite some time. But there were always teams that, you know, would pop up and try to compete and were very competitive. And so we always had to stay on top of our game. Um, I guess our motivation from the very beginning was to, to play the sport from like a, a competitive point of view and be the best as opposed to like, uh, you know, sort of the, the more social approach. Uh, of course, we had fun and we socialized and we're a bunch of friends, but we were in it at the end of the day, like to, you know, just to compete and to, to be the best kind of the MO behind the team. And do you remember playing Vince's teams like in those early days when they were, you know, syndicates and, and the gridlocks yeah. and when they yeah. were separate? Yeah, I think uh, Syndicate, correct me if I'm wrong, Vince, but Syndicate formed like what, like maybe 2012, 2011? Uh, 2011, I think, was the first um, Elite season. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was then or right before that. that we, went mm-hmm. to, we went to NDL. I think we had like five different Syndicate teams one year in uh, yeah. NDL. Like yeah. in the gym, there was a Syndicate jersey. Can we cuss? <laughs> Is that cool? You can cuss. We'll just bleep it out later. It's okay. Oh, we're bleeping. Well. It, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh justin i i remember playing them um you know la was always a hot spot uh for talent and and syndicate and you know um and and I'm blanking um what was the other team that you gridlock gridlock that's right gridlock i think was even before syndicate like those teams were always very competitive um, and they, they would always like place like two or three or four, you know, just kind of depending on the tournament, but, but definitely, uh, knew of them. And, and those were like, uh, some of the top teams that we always had to kind of, uh, compete against and make sure that we were on top of our game. And so, like I was talking about, so you remember then when they sort of combined together, did you guys feel like they were com- combining to, to come after you guys? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was clear. Um, I think, uh, you know, as Vince mentioned that, you know, they would like syndicate and, and gridlock and some of the other teams, some, some teams from Arizona as well would always end up placing like in second, third or fourth and whatnot. And so, and it was clear that players from those regions and from those teams were, you know, approaching the sport from sort of a very competitive point of view. And, and when they split up, when Syndicate split up and formed Doom in particular with, you know, some of the best players in the region, it was clear that, you know, the the motive was to, to be the best and to compete against us and to give us a run for our money. And so, Vince, when you put together Doom, did you pick players that you felt would mesh together well, or did you just try to get the best players and figured we would mesh eventually? 
it was a combination of of the two um i think it was it was nate and cole who had the initial idea to um to to, to make doom as i remember correctly we had i think there was a couple doom teams before that like I, we went to ndl one team one time as as doom and there was a, a random nla tournament where um i think jessica hollingsworth she put together a random team of people who had not been picked up yet. It was like uh, Mark Acom, Chad Landrum, um, her and a few other people, and we played as Doom. And um, we had black shirts. We were gonna, I was going to get shirts made, but it never came to be. So we just, we just wore black shirts, and we ended up winning that division. And we had like a, a fat check. And I remember Mark tried to put – we had a picture of Mark trying to put that check in, uh, in his wallet. And that was one of the first quote unquote Doom named teams. It wasn't necessarily Doom, but it was like the first time that we used um, that team name. And like I said, cool. we also went to we went to NDL um, 2011, I think, with a bunch of random people. We played um, with white shirts and <clears throat> named as as Doom. I think that was the last year that we played. Right before NDL told us that we had to um, pick a tournament. So right before we um, we boycotted. And that was when you guys got boycotted as well, Serge? Or that was similar I think time. that was a year before, because coming over the year after that, I think Rise went there and they swept everything. It might have been the same year. It might have been the same year. It might have been like 2011 or 2012. I think it might so have been 2011. The, the year that we went, and it was like the last, like it was it was the year before there were only 10 teams. So I think mm -hmm. the year where there were only 10 teams was 2014. 2013 was our final year, and I know that you guys weren't there, Vince. You guys were playing yeah. UDC. Um, but it may have been 2013, 2012. I'm not quite sure. Okay. I think Steve's saying that 2013 Rise was awarded the you're not allowed to play year in 2012. No, no we weren't allowed to play in 2010. Um, okay. Yeah, that was because uh, Joe Farley brought a cooler of uh, a beer into the, into the very fancy sort of uh, banquet. <laughs> And then uh, also ended up, uh, I don't know, I think just kind of goofing off like during the banquet. And so they told us that we had to sit out a year and and ended up uh, breaking up our team in half. Okay. That was that was the compromise. Gotcha. I didn't know about that. Yeah. It was the first year that, um, yeah, so I think uh, it was the first year that they stopped paying people for, mm -hmm. for winning and and during like the um, you know, like the introduction speech that Prentice would regularly give every year, Joe raised his hand and asked the question, "How much do the winners get?" Mm. <laughs> Which was, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, he was uh, he was being an ass on purpose. So that was like the that was like the way to start off the week, and then the, the bad way with Prentice, and then it just kind of spiraled from there. Yeah, I was never there for the um, the payout days. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, like my perspective of West Coast dodgeball, which is you know sort of the elite of dodgeball, which is you guys, uh, we sort of I mean, the people I played with had gone to a couple NDLs and were like, oh, we're gonna crush because we're the best hipsters from Brooklyn, and uh, I don't think they did very well in 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 uh, Vegas and playing you guys, but the first time. I had seen Doom and Rise was when you guys came over to Rochester Open, mm. um, and at that point you guys were already both like absurdly established. Um, 
And from my perspective, at that point, Doom seemed to have taken control of the sport. But I'm not sure if that's actually how you guys all felt. Uh, so like 2000, I think that's like 2013, but I know Rise still won 2014. Rise still won the national champion that year. So once you guys fully established your teams and you guys were going back and forth, how how did things work between you guys? Were you guys cordial? Was it, were you guys breaking film down against each other? How are you guys pushing each other separately? Serge? Uh, Vince, you want to take a stab at that one first? <laughs> Um, I think that Rochester tournament, that was, um, one of the first tournaments that we won. Um, yep. before that we had been, like I said, second place, um, behind rise, but we went there to Rochester, we won pinch and we won, we won open. And that was a huge, um, huge motivation for us. We realized that we could win, that we can play with the best and, um, it was it was it was one of the biggest the biggest wins for for me personally I think for for our team, and then from then on it wasn't I don't think that we were dominating but we were right there with Rise. Um, it was sort of getting that, that monkey that, off your back. Yeah, kind of from that point on we would split, um, we split the West we um, or we'd sweep the West and they win the champ the national championship. It was always a back and forth, and I think that was the tournament that um, we realized that we could that we were, that we were good sweep that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Vince, Justin. I think uh, so. We we headed over to that Rochester tournament. It was the first time that that the elite was sort of bringing together teams from all across the the country, right? Mm -hmm. So we were heading there as Rise with like, you know, pretty, you know, with high expectations that we 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 flew out there thinking that we were going to win and sweep it, and and I remember it was snowing, it was super cold, it was. It was you were everyone's like in a small little hotel and everyone was mingling and so we you know we kind of went in there with like a really good spirit mm -hmm. and and doom ended up sweeping that tournament we ended up getting second in both losing to doom in the finals uh, um, and i think that was like a critical tournament that was a hard hard loss for us because it was the first time that we were getting exposed to teams from across the country and and for us that was like uh you know somewhat embarrassing like okay here we are you know this team with you know this big reputation comes and loses the entire tournament doesn't win yeah. neither of the divisions. And I think that's uh, when Doom like really established a name for themselves. Um, and then after that, it was, uh, it was, it was very tough. Like I think um, the competition was very ma uh, closely matched. Um, I think in general, um, you know, Doom, generally speaking, like I think 2014, 2015, Doom like had both of those series, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or no, actually, we won the 2015 series. So I think we split that year. But 2014, Doom, you guys, Vince, you guys, I think you guys swept the entire series. You won all three rounds, but we ended up winning the championship. So it was like, uh, from our point of view, like we weren't unsure. Like we, we weren't very clear on like on what the state of competition was. Like it was tough to say, okay, well, we're still a better team than Doom. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was like evenly matched. I think at that point, it was very clear that, okay, well, now there are two teams that are going to be fighting for the, for the top position. And at that point, had you guys already started your training camps and the and the practices that everyone was sort of heard of, or did that change the way you guys were preparing for tournaments? No, that actually the training camps didn't start until a little bit later. Like mm -hmm. I think once Doom established themselves as like the top team, and I think that really happens in. Let me just look at my 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 timeline. So 2014, Doom wins. Doom sweeps the West, but we win. 
and and Doom wins pinch, but we win both open eight point five and colored eight point five. Twenty fifteen, yeah. I think we win the West Coast, but not by much. Um, mm-hmm. I think we ended up splitting, and you know the the West Coast series, but we ended up just winning in points for some reason. And then and then we win eight point five again. Uh, I think Doom wins uh, eight point five coed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, twenty sixteen, I think, is when there's a shift, in my opinion. 2016 doom sweeps the west and then opens and then also wins nationals open and perhaps even co-ed nationals is that wrong no they won um, yeah they won co-ed co-ed 8.5 we win we win co-ed no sting which is kind of bizarre because we're not a you know we're first and foremost an 8.5 team but i think co-ed was after both 8.5 divisions and so we kind of rallied together and said Look, we're not leaving nationals without a title. We got to win something, and that was all. That was probably like my tough, our toughest division ever. Um, but I think by 2016, there's a shift, and Doom is the top team, and we're the yeah. second team. And then 2018, I think, I think that shift is still in place. Doom sweeps the West, um, but we ended up winning, um, winning open open nationals. So that kind of like. Uh, Kind of like a you know an interesting ending to the story. So the the training camps I think starts it coincides when there's a shift toward Doom being the top team in my opinion. That's when we're like thinking we're brainstorming. We're at the you know at the drawing board thinking what do we got to do? We we need to be back on top, and we got to do whatever it takes to to be back on top. So we started doing the training camps. We started like doing like personal like training requirements on a weekly basis for everyone on the team, and so that that starts in 2017. Mm-hmm. And Vince, how much do you guys put? high and switching from rise to to doom to you guys getting over that top level pine was huge does he did he allow you guys to know sort of how rise was playing or was it just more just about having another great player just adding to your roster we're a smart team so we understand how how rise plays but when you have someone in the middle who could throw any direction play with confidence call his number it, it changes things so it's a lot less a lot um, a lot of stress taken off of uh of nate's back and my back and he he enjoyed having that load on his back he performed well so having Pyan was it was a huge a huge shift and like we had already had him for um for tramps yeah so um like how was that 2012 we we won um udc championship so we'd been um We'd been, been doomed with Pyan. Yeah, we'd been doomed with Pyan since then. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like a, a huge change in personnel. We knew how he played. We were very comfortable with uh, with Pyan. So yeah, I think Pyan said it really well in I think the podcast with Steve, where he just talked about how sure he was. I think he said like, yeah, I'm a I'm a good player, but I'm nothing without you know Vince or Nate on my corners covering me <clears> and allowing <throat> me to be free in that middle. And I think you know Billy probably has the same thing when he was on Rise. Having those corners just allows him to be that freewheeling, go in any direction, and know that he's got his covers on both sides. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, he gets um, to, he gets to run free when you have um, people on either side of you holding you down and keeping everybody else honest. You know, like if you watch the UDC matches, if Nate or I goes out, the the mood completely changes. Yeah, well, Pyan has to move to one of those corners. It takes. He's throw, not throwing yeah, as much. It it's completely everything. different, and the game slows down. It becomes a lot more methodical. Do you feel like Rise changed? I mean, do you feel like Doom changed the way they played once you got high in? Or do you feel like 
you just sort of melded them in and that's how you guys played. Because from my perspective, early watch, like when I early watched Doom, you guys always wanted to push the pace. You know, like you're always up in that front line, holding that front line and, and you're pushing everyone. Whereas Rise always seems like to be a little bit more methodical. There's always a conversation. There's always a you know, target they're going after. And I feel like Doom from the video footage that I watched became a little bit more like Rise. A little bit. I, I don't know. How do no, you feel about that? It, our, our game styles definitely are, are similar. Rise definitely, they, they play a slow game. Like if you're ever playing in a tournament and you're playing on a, on a different court, your game might be over in two minutes. You look over and Rise is still on one. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just the style that they play. Every single game that they play is going to, it's going to be slow. They're not going to make mistakes. And when we, um, when we first were playing like syndicate style dodgeball, it was fast as fuck. It was fine. It was entertaining, but we would make too many mistakes and we would end up um, losing. We might feel that we had more talent and be able to throw harder, but mm -hmm. if they're capitalizing on your mistakes, you're never going to win. And when we got to Rochester and we learned to slow our game style down, maybe it was because of the cold, I don't know, but that's when we, uh, we started to realize that that's how you have to win. It's not necessarily rise ball, but it's, it's smart ball. Yeah. You have to take care of the, of the ball, every single possession you need to capitalize on. And we learned that. It's chess, not checkers. Exactly. I remember uh, at the NDL, I forgot what year it was, but um, Prentice hated our style of play. Like he hated, he hated the slow play. Um, and... as, a, as, a, as, a, as a tourney organizer, it's f***ing terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Games are 15 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, he he wanted a quick game, and um, so he ended up making a rule. But it was only it was like phased out immediately because it was just it was impossible to ref. But he made up a he ended up like imp, like implementing a rule where the corner where each person actually could only hold the ball for like five seconds, and the ref could call that player to throw. So what or or just to like get rid of the ball. So what ended up happening was Tim would hold the ball in the corner, Jim would hold the ball in the corner, the rest would call their numbers to to like get rid of the ball. So they would end up just like like bouncing the ball to the middle for like a few seconds, and they would bounce it back. Mm. Um, so we just found like a loophole in the system. It was just impossible <clears throat> to ref. But I remember Prentice like getting super pissed off about that style of play. He hated it. He did the same thing in the UDC. I remember at I think the first year, you could every single person only hold the ball for like t five ten seconds, and then yeah. you had to throw it. Yeah. And that too got phased out because. It just wasn't working. It's not dodgeball. It might be cool for the people that are watching, but like that's not. There's no strategy in that. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's just complete chaos. Is that one of the reasons why you feel like Rise never did so well in UDC because it's a little bit more of a fast-paced game, less of a conversation game, and it's more, a little bit less strategic. I mean, I guess not less strategic, but it's just not the same game that floor dodgeball is. I'm not touching that question. You can. I mean, nice try. <laughs> That was totally phrased, like setting me up. <laughs> Serge, you want to answer it? I mean, we didn't do terribly. <laughs> no, you just didn't do we, as uh, well as you I mean, normally we did, do. We did a lot better than a lot of folks, but uh, not, <laughs> not as good as Doom, obviously. But uh, you know, we 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 uh, we qualified three out of four times. The fourth time when we didn't qualify, we took you guys to the last game, Vince. It was a no, one was, on one. Absolutely, it was absolutely. a one on one. Tim against Nate in overtime, and absolutely. had had Tim won, Doom wouldn't have qualified. So I mean, we were very competitive. We you know, two out of the three times that we did qualify, we ended up to, we placed in the top eight. Uh, I think, I don't know. We just never really like took the time to practice on tramps. 
Mm-hmm. Like, occasionally we would go, maybe we would get out there at best like five times before UDC. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just never really took it as seriously as possible. And I, I don't, I don't think it's, it's not strategic. It's just a different game. And like what's funny, else, what's funny about that is we were the exact opposite. Uh-huh. Like we would go and practice tramps two times a week yeah. and we would never practice for our elite. Yeah. I mean, for us, um, Nate, especially we felt that UDC had the most eyes on it, had the most exposure. So that was the biggest tournament in which you wanted to shine those videos from um from udc championship have millions and millions of views mm-hmm. there's twenty thousand dollars on the line there's five players if you get one out that's like 20 percent of your team the, the stakes were so much higher it's single limb there's eight teams there so we we were sharp when it came to udc mm-hmm. so two times a week we were at sky zone in wherever van eyes and we were practicing for three hours at a time but we I never went to the gym and did 8.5 practice. I feel like practicing no sting on tramps probably makes you better at 8.5 hardcore just because of the amount of exercise you're getting on trampoline, whereas playing 8.5 hardcore doesn't translate well to a, if that makes sense. I feel like going from UDC to hardcore translates better than hardcore to UDC. I could see so. that. There's a lot, there's a lot of, of players who came from Tramps who are doing very well in Elite. Yeah. Like, you know, um, the guys from Tuda mm-hmm. who are now on Thieves. Like, they were monsters uh, on trampolines, and now they're, they're, they're doing very well in Elite. They're yeah, gag- actually translated. Where, and, like, I, I agree. It, it, it's, a, it's a lot harder to go from hardcore to, to Tramps because the game is so different. Yeah. You can't do a slow super duper slow games methodical game style on on tramps there's these mm-hmm. kids that are small and they're quick and you're gonna fucking miss them and you're gonna get out of your game and yeah, you don't have a lot of exhausting time. jumping on the yeah. that too yeah so yeah yeah i think i think it, i think one, it translates a lot easier from tramp to hardcore um you know your, your muscles aren't used to like those kind of motions um on the trampoline i think it's just it's fundamentally a different style of game like you know, you're kind of like, at least for us, like I, we felt like we were just stationary in place. Obviously you have a trampoline and you can go up as high as you want, but like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, the kind of person who likes to make cuts to the left and right. Mm-hmm. I can't do that on the trampoline. Like well, you're, you're just going to slip. You're in socks. <laughs> exactly. So it, it can, it's like, a, it's a totally different game. Um, but, but, you know, as you mentioned, I think a lot of the kids who played tramp, like came over to the elite, especially some of these younger, these newer kids, like uh, what's the name yes. of that? What's that? East Coast. Most guys. the East Coast. Most of the East Coast guys are now like trampoline guys. You know, Matt Levine. Those guys. Jeff Jovinko, Kyle Sanders. Yeah, those guys are monsters. Kill the compounds. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I would agree. It definitely seems to be the best feeder for. I mean, it's college dodgeball and and trampoline dodgeball, the two biggest feeders. I feel like for our sport at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. The only feeders. I mean, besides rec leagues. Yeah. And I don't think rec leagues, at least rec leagues on the East Coast, are not very good at feeders in terms of playing comp- competitive dodgeball. It seems to be definitely different in the West Coast, but East Coast, it's more of a social sport, and yeah. you're told not to play competitively. And if you are competitive, they ask you to leave, basically. So it's true. Um, so now I just want to talk about like your teams, um, Serge. I feel like your team over the years has always prioritized winning. Not that Doom hasn't, but if someone doesn't fit the the rise model, you guys move on from that player. Whereas Doom, I feel like you guys have the same seven to eight players 
consistently throughout your entire history. Um, yeah. So, Serge, how did you guys like overcome like the hurt feeling issues, or like, and just be able to prioritize the mission of like winning versus having fun? It's not personal; it's business. That's what it comes down to. I mean, we've always and we've we've said it from the very beginning. You know what I mean? When we bring someone on board, we say, "Hey, look." Our objective here is to win, to gel, and to make sure that everyone sticks to the game plan. We have a structure in place. We have, we have you know, a long history in terms of like strategy and, and the way we think about the sport. It's something that we take very seriously. We have a lot of players that invest time, money, effort, sweat, the whole spiel. If for some reason it doesn't end up working, you know, we're going to have to part ways, no hard feelings. So it's something that we say up front um, and for the most part, you know, have been able to manage those situations pretty well. Um, there have been, I would say that most of like the situations where we have had to part with players was because they just couldn't like gel with the system that we had in place. Um, you know, the way I kind of think of like the rise approach is like we our our philosophy is like, uh, you know, for lack of a better way to kind of put it, it's like, uh, it's democratic, but it's also like very centralized, if that makes sense. Like there's like a, a process where we like deliberate and discuss strategy and talk about like what the best way forward is. And once, once we agree on a strategy, like that's, that's like gold, like you can't touch it. That's set in stone. There's no mm -hmm. deviating from it. There's no like personal, like individual, like free will or expression. Like you have to fit the mold. You have to like follow suit. You know what I mean? So we've had players in the past where like, once we set, you know, the approach and the strategy and like the game plan, and then they, you know, go off and do their own thing and don't, you know, basically like um, follow suit, then, you know, we have to part ways because it's just not working. And that's mm -hmm. kind of been like, uh, I would say the main reason why we've parted ways with most of the players in the past, but just didn't, you know, they just didn't buy into the system to the, to the, to the, to the strategy. But of course there are other reasons as well, why we've parted ways with other players. Is that something that you guys have had? Like, is that a mentality you've had since the beginning, since 2007? Or is it something you came to, you know, sort of halfway through? 2007, we went there to Vegas to have fun and to win. 2008, <clears throat> same thing. I would say once we actually won in 2008, that like mentality started to to become like solidified. I mean, I guess even before then though, because at the bar, you know, when we when we would go out to Incahoots, was the name of the Country Western Bar, and play on a weekly basis, we were very competitive back then. Like we wanted to win. So when we formed a team to go to Vegas, even before Rise, like we went there with the idea of winning <clears throat> and, and Rise was formed to be the best. But I wouldn't say that we had like this, like strictly business approach until maybe like, I don't know, maybe like um, 2011, 2012. Once we start, once we start to see that, you know, okay, we're, we're winning a lot. We're, you know, investing a lot of time. If there's someone who's not investing the same amount of time and, and, and thinking about the sport in the same way, then they got to go. Um, mm -hmm. And and so that's kind of uh, so I, I guess I say I can't like put my finger on when exactly that shift happens. But from the very beginning, we've always had like this sort of strictly business attitude. And then Vince, your guys team, again, is like the total opposite, not a total opposite, but you guys have family is like what everyone I think thinks of when they think of doom. How does that coincide with how you guys play? Um, I don't know how you would relate the two. I mean, we've always had the the same players. We've added Payan. Um, when Sarah 
um, had a baby. We um, we brought on Brianna. Mm-hmm. And um, when Raggy left, we brought on Frank. So we would, I mean, it's 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 family when it comes to Doom. So we would never replace anybody or cut anybody. Um, we when we made the team, we already had what we thought was the best players. So if they um, want to phase themselves out and stop playing, then that, that's on them. We would never um, replace them. Yeah, family's forever. So that's how that's that's how we always um, looked at the situation. And um, when we when Doom split up, it was a, a few players who just they weren't they weren't uh, they weren't into it anymore. Like they had other things going on. It was kind of I don't know if stale is the word, but like it was just it, it, it wasn't the same. So um, we thought it was it was time to uh, to split up. Cool. Um, so oh, we also, sorry, we also brought on a, on Connor for a, a tournament or two. Yeah, there was another kid you had in early footage. We had was um, like a younger Asian-looking guy as well from MPC. You had someone from MPC? Yeah, it was like the, I think the second elite. Oh, uh, Andrew. 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 But he just made like a one-time cameo, right? Yeah, it was that one tournament in LA. Yeah. Um, not that was just, that was because he's an awesome player, and we like we made an exception. <laughs> After watching how they um, they played in um, in uh, in NDL that one year, mm-hmm. I was, I mean, that was one of the, the the most fun tournaments that I have ever had ever seen. Like, these guys came out of nowhere. They all had crazy matching outfits. They had star um, tie, I mean, uh, dyed star hairdos and shit. they were screaming, and it was entertaining to watch. Um, that that changed the game for me. I love watching those guys play. Those so guys when, were so unstructured, though, but they just like had like, like the natural talent, I guess, right? To I make think plays. what it was is like they were all jacked up on the pre workout because <laughs> they are out there catching yeah. stingers with their teeth. It was it was yeah. nuts. <laughs> but like there was like no sense of organization with those guys. Like you got a ball, you just throw it. You didn't have to talk with anyone. You just did your thing. No, just throw a but ball. It, they throw back. You catch it. You scream at them. Yeah, and it worked for you them. Win. <laughs> <laughs> but they were. They, skills though they had a you lot can't of skills. play crazy you can't play crazy like that if you don't have skills yeah so so serge in you mentioned once at the, the bar the your attention to uniform details and stand and like the standardization mm-hmm. translated to the court can you explain mm-hmm. how and how you like implement how important it is for you guys to have the jerseys and the buying in on the same colored socks and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean i guess all of that like well, I mean, the jerseys was all Jim. Like he was, he was really uptight with that. Like everything has to match. And, but I think that speaks to something like larger that is related to rise and that, you know, we have a process, we have a structure, we have like a game plan and we want everyone to buy in. Um, it's not to say that it's completely static and ever changing. Um, it does change, but the idea of like having something in place, like standardizing things, making sure that everyone follows the rules is, I think like it goes hand in hand with like with the idea of taking the sport seriously mm-hmm. and and wanting to be the best. You know what I mean? Like um you can't you can't just show up and have like people on the team wearing like different jerseys or just like having different ideas about like how to approach the game and not having a game plan because I don't think that's what 
entails like a, a truly like professional, serious, competitive team. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to, you have to have like standards. You have to have process. You have to have structure. You have to have ideas and strategy. And so, like the whole thing just kind of tied together to us from the very beginning. Um, if you look at like some of our early jer- earlier jerseys, I mean, yes, they were they were pretty wretched, but <laughs> everyone was in the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, so so yeah, it's just something that we kind of instituted from the very beginning. And Vince, would you say that Doom is the same way? You guys always seem to be dressed in the exact same uniforms, all black, all black socks, all black shoes. It always seemed like you guys were always in all black. Well, we had the dopest uniforms, so it was yeah. easy. Until until Rise 2019 black jersey with the stars. They were yeah. all right. I mean, the stars <laughs> were kind of corny. <laughs> that was the best part. That was my idea. I wasn't. I talked to I talked to Tim. He was not a fan. I know they weren't a fan, but <laughs> it's because they don't watch soccer. They don't know anything about like the World Cup and stuff. That's that's where it comes from. I thought it was like uh, some army general type stuff. <laughs> Would you guys say that you're as regimented in terms of strategy as rises? I mean, I know you guys, everything sort of feeds off of the two corners, you and, and Nate sort of pressing on the corners and then allowing all the other players to be able to be freewheeling. But you guys are pretty strategic as well, wouldn't you say? Not as strategic as, as they were. I know they had a lot more play calls than we did. We just, our stuff is kind of unspoken. Like, I've been playing with Nate for so long and Payam for so long and is for so long, I know what they would do. And if they had bad habits, we would address that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily um, plays that were put together. It was like, we know, you know what you're good at, so do that. And if you're bad at that, we're going to tell you and you got to cut that out. So um, it was, and we, in order to, to beat Rise, we had to recognize their plays. Like, if you go up there with, on the, in the beginning with, um, the bird and ball and two balls and you throw from the middle, Surge is going to attack you. And if whoever throws that Surge, they're going to get attacked too. So we recognize those things. And if you're the last player in against two rise players, as soon as you throw, they're going to come right at you. So we recognize their plays, we recognize their strategy, and we had to adapt to that. So we had counter plays, but not necessarily the kind of um, strategy that they had. And all and that. I think uh, I think the reason for that. Let me just like like take a, a guess why that might be here. But I would imagine that the reason for that is twofold. I think on the one hand, Doom, as as we've already mentioned, like they've they've been playing together from the very beginning, and they haven't had to incorporate newer players into the fold. Mm-hmm. So so I think you know the chemistry is more sort of solidified, and 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 they kind of already know what everyone's going to do. Um, so it's, I think, I think maybe that's part of the answer. The other part of the, and this, this may be a little controversial, but here's kind of my opinion on things. Like, I think pound for pound doom has better players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's just like being honest about it. Like, I think if you were to like quantify like skill, I think they would have like a, a higher number. Yeah. And, and so we've always had to make up for that by showing up with like, superb strategy with with and and always reinventing the wheel so to speak right like okay they have more power what are we going to do to what are we going to do to beat that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. we can't go there and beat them on offense so how can we beat them from defense yeah what kind of plays can we come up with 
and we have to be totally in sync and everyone has to know what is going to happen exactly when it should happen in order to be the team that is more powerful. So we've always had to rely more so on strategy as opposed to raw talent. And that's kind of, that's my, like, that's my guess in terms of why that's the case. No, I, w- I would definitely agree. Um, it's something that, that Nate always said is we have the, in terms of talent wise, we have the best team in the country. We have, I mean, two of the top three players um, in the nation. Like we've always been, we've always had at least two or three players on Team USA whenever we tried out. So we have, like you said, um, stronger players um, ability wise. Mm-hmm. And you guys has always had um, the strategy to compensate for that. Right. <clears throat> And so, Serge, were you guys creating strategies to to play Doom? So you guys, most of your strategy was to play against specifically Doom, or you guys had created strategies that would work against everyone and just happened to also work against Doom? So, no, we, we were strategic before Doom. Like, we had play calls and we had, like, plays and strategies from the very beginning. Well, no, not mm-hmm. from the very beginning. We were actually pretty, like, wild in the very beginning. But at some point, like, we started to become, um, we started to strategize. Uh, but when Doom started to give us a run for our money, that's when the strategy was heightened. Mm-hmm. We said, okay, well, we need, to, we need to step up our game. Like, on the one hand, we need to get into shape. We need to, everyone needs to be working out. Everyone needs to be, like, doing as much as they can as individuals to be the best that they can. Everyone needs to be practicing as much as possible, getting as many reps as possible. But we also need to step up our game in terms of the strategy. So, so I would say Doom heightened, like, this, our... Like, our approach in terms of like strategic thinking we said to ourselves well in order to beat this team they, they have more power than we do we have to have a better strategy like that's mm-hmm. that's that's how it's going to have to work yeah um and i don't know in my opinion i think you know they you know as i already kind of mentioned my longer sort of trajectory and narrative arc i think there was a shift where doom actually took the mantle i mean for me at least in my thinking and this is you know totally like biased from rise's point of view but winning 2018 nationals was sort of like for us at least like okay finally like we can now like be at peace you know what i mean we've 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 had something taken away from us for several years now and we've been fighting so hard to get back on top 2018 we win nationals and we had like i think that's when we were like at the at the peak of our like strategic thinking we had a lot of plays in the book specifically designed for doom um and and that for us was like the grand reward like okay finally you know what i mean yeah did you guys, Vince, did you feel like that was the pinnacle of the Doom Rise match? Was was that 2018 finals? And I mean we're not gonna hypothetically see it again. No, that wasn't the pinnacle, I don't I don't feel. That one always I always had a um a bad taste in um that that finish um for personal reasons. I don't wanna get into too much, but mm-hmm. um I'll leave it at that. Well maybe someday we'll get a, a final doom rise match like for uh for charity or something <laughs> um as long as there's medals huh yeah medals <laughs> money <laughs> Serge. so how did you guys motivate your team at the beginning of each match um hmm. at the beginning of each match well i mean you know we had like strict rules in place like you wouldn't be allowed to go out and party and drink and stuff like before a tournament mm-hmm. unless it was like sin city or like you know like a tournament that was you know for fun more yeah for fun um and then you know we would we would get together and you know 
discuss the game plan and make sure that everyone was on the same page and they would be like a pump-up speech from from tim and and you know just like the general stuff that i'm guessing everyone does yeah um yeah and, and then for vince you guys i feel like you have a specific a specific thing that you do which is where you stand in front of your team and then you slap each person's hand high five how does that do you think how does that affect your team we're very uh, superstitious. Mm -hmm. We always do this, do things the same way until we lose, and then we'll switch it up. And that's that's how we've we've done for every tournament. Um, UDC, we'd always go to Subway beforehand and get um, discussed Subway sandwiches, and um, we did that until we lost. And um, <clears throat> I'm not sure where it started, but um, yeah, I always stand uh, with my back to the other team. Um, I'd always show respect to uh, my brother who um, who died uh, when I was in high school. So whenever I um, I look up in the sky, I'm always acknowledging that he's with me. And then um, I go and I, I I give high fives to my entire team, get eye contact, let them know that it's time to go, it's time to perform. And um, that's just mostly just a ritual. And before that, we're already we're already ready to go. That's just a superstition thing. It, it, something that we have to do. And if we don't do it, then it feels weird. From the outside, I always sort of took that ritual that you had as sort of, have you ever seen the All Blacks, the New Zealand uh, rugby the team? The Haka. So I was sort of like, those were like parallels in my opinion, not exactly the same, but it just was this thing that sort of was like, okay, here here comes Rise. I mean, here comes Doom. They're gonna, you know, freight train you. And it was like, that was, <laughs> that was the, the sort of the, the Haka of your guys' team. I respect um, that, that's cool. I remember yeah. when Vince did that one time to us, I ended up putting, like, when he had his back turned towards me, I put a banana peel in front of his, like, a uh, running lane. And, then <laughs> and he almost didn't catch it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> you got to be careful. Yeah, <laughs> there's Everyone likes to, you know, do what I, do, like, imitate me and stuff like that. Now it's kind of become like a, a I saw Billy. Thing. I saw Billy do it once. Xander always likes to do the same thing. <laughs> respect though so, i mean people people see it so i take it as a as a respect thing yeah i mean you got to take it as a respect thing if their <laughs> imitation is the the first sign right, of flattery, flattery yeah yeah so uh this sort of moves us into like the, the crowdsource questions um so the first question comes from sergio leone um from Urge. each of her to your uh each of your perspectives what was the standout game or moment in each of, in your doom and rise rivalry Vince, you want to take that first? No, I went first last time. All right, Serge. Um, well, let me think. So, I would have to say that 2018 match, I know Vince is not a big fan of that match, but for us, for the reasons I've already mentioned, like it, it meant a lot. Um, you know, it was for us, not for them. It was sort of on our end, it was like the culmination of like a lot of hard work and, and like a lot of years of struggle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were on top for, I don't know, five, six, seven years before, before sort of losing that mantle for a couple, three, I don't know how many it was, but for several years to doom, um, you know, always giving them a run for the money and always like falling a, a, you know, like a tad bit short, but nonetheless falling short. So that's when you start to see like us, you know, putting in a lot of more effort in terms of like strategic thinking and like personal 
training and, and training, you know, with the team having these training camps where like the team flies into San Diego, weekend long training camps, like, try, like just trying to figure out like, what can we do to be back on top? Like, what haven't we done? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Within like the realm of reason. I mean, we don't get paid to do this. We all have like lives and jobs and families and stuff, but like, you know, really pushing ourselves like as much as possible. Um, and so, so being able to, you know, to pull that victory, um, was, was kind of a, a big deal for us. Um, I don't want to like, um, there was, I don't want to downplay like co-ed either because there was a huge rivalry on the, on the co-ed front as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were the top two teams in the country, um, going back and forth. Like, I don't have a very clear sense of like the narrative arc for co-ed as I do for open. Mm-hmm. but I know there was a lot of back and forth. And so I'm just, I'm trying to think of like a standout match on the co-ed front, but it's really hard to say because like every match was super close. Um, <clears throat> so, so anyway, that's what I would say for now. Yes. Um, for me personally, like, uh, like I said earlier, it was, the, the Rochester tournament for us was um, the biggest one for us. Cause that's that it did the most for us as a team. That's when we realized that um, that we we can call ourselves like the strongest team or one of the two two strongest teams in the country, mm-hmm. and that's when we learned um, what our potential was. We went to this tournament on the East Coast, and we won both divisions. We won pinch against um, some pretty strong pinch teams. We ended up playing Rise in the finals, but like we're out there in Rochester where they have you know, collegiate um, pinch dodgeball, so to to win in the pinch tournament. Um, one of the first big ones, uh, I think was the, the biggest rise doom win for us. For me personally, I can't speak for the entire team. I think it's interesting you both sort of had those two matches because they're both sort of the same reason. You know, Serge, yours was finally getting back on top and yours, Vince, was getting back, getting on top for the first time, but both sort of getting those, those monkeys off your back were the most sat- gratifying and satisfying wins for you guys. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, I can't pronounce this guy's name, but Gaji, Gaji, Gage, Gage, yeah, Gage. Uh, do both of you see comparisons in play style between the USA team and the Team Mexico team? Because I know you guys both play on Sergio in Mexico, and and Vince, you're on USA. Um, and how you guys match up at the Worlds? Um, I think. You want to take this one first, Vince, or you want me? You want me? I'll take a stab at it. Um, <clears throat> I don't see uh, a direct um, correlation, or because I mean USA has, um, I think, the best talent in the in the world, and like we're talking about, Doom had some of the best talent, and Mexico is still up and coming. They're just establishing themselves. They have a lot of talent, but um, I don't I don't see Team USA and Team Mexico as um, nearly as close of a rivalry as, as, as rise and doom. And that's, that's not taking anything from, from team Mexico. That was one of the, the teams I like playing the most because their intensity is, 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 um, is the highest, their fans are the best. So, um, I don't want to take anything from them, but like the, to, to, to relate those, those two uh, rivalries, I don't think is, uh, is accurate. Yeah, I, I agree with, with, with what Ben said, Justin, I think, um, you know, Mexico, as Vince mentioned, is still like an up and coming team. I mean, we're trying to establish the sport. It's growing in Mexico. It's growing very quickly, and they're doing a lot of exciting things this year. Um, I'll mention in passing. 
and we have a lot of great talent. Um, we're still working on, you know, building the chemistry and building those players and just kind of building like dodgeball as a culture there in the country and, 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 and doing that very quickly. But in terms of like the play styles, I mean, maybe I, th- I don't think it's a far stretch to say that the play styles are somewhat similar, right? Because you do have, is my uh, connection still stable? I have a, a little note here that says I'm still fine. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, you have Nate, you know, captaining uh, Team USA, and I would imagine that a lot of the same ideas sort of transfer over to Team U- to Team USA. Maybe I'm wrong here, but that's kind of my impression. Well, Team I know USA team... is a lot more strategy than we had with uh, with Doom. Doom. A okay. lot more. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I know, I know. For Team Mexico, when I was the captain of that team, we did incorporate a lot of the ideas that we had on. It's just kind of natural, right? For me, this is the way I know the sport, and I was the captain of that team, and so I kind of, uh, you know, we had we have diff- we had different strategies on Team Mexico, um, and I think um, in some ways, like some of the rise ball was like informed by some of the strategies that we developed on Team Mexico, to be totally honest, um, and vice versa. So I, I do see like in terms of like the strategy being somewhat of a parallel at least for Team Mexico, but in terms of the rivalry, I'll, I'll echo what Ben said. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I actually agree. I mean, the, I wasn't really talking about the strategy at all. I totally made up my own question and went off of that. <laughs> but um, the the strategy, I mean, Rise and Doom strategy was is, is very similar. Um, but I, I could see what you're saying in, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, Rise, I mean, sorry, Doom and Team USA, you have a lot of talent. And you, the you have people like like Ketchum and stuff who just want to go and just destroy people, but you have to stay organized. So that's where Nate shines. He's able to to get these people to stay within the system and and do what they have to do to win. And that's one of the, that's a Herculean task for for Nate and the captains to wrangle um, a team like that and to have them play their roles is it's a Herculean task. And a lot of respect to Nate for being able to do that. Um, on the biggest stage. So there's a def- definite um, a correlation between USA ball and, and Doom ball and Rise as well. Interesting. All right, so Sergio has another question. What has playing against each other so often taught you about the other that you might've overlooked had you not played against each other at all? Serge? You want me to go? All right. Um, you know, I think the Doom Rise rivalry was was very intense, very antagonistic in the beginning, and it stayed that way for for several years. I think a lot of that had to do maybe with like sort of like the the pie and transition that was in a nice breakup. Um, but over time, I think, and I don't know if uh, if sort of, I, I would imagine that several of the folks on Doom would, would see it the same way. I know that we started to develop like, a, a, like a, a great deal of respect for them. And I think that respect is something that you only get from people who you like, like really compete against with and, and, and have like a certain admiration for, right? Because they are the people who are like pushing you to get better, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that only finds itself, like you only see that happen when you have like, like such a, like an intense competitive rivalry, like you had with Doom and Rise. Like, had we never played, like, had we never had that feud with, with Doom, you know, I don't know if we would ever have been able to cultivate that kind of a respect for, 
another team, like other players, if we would have just been smooth sailing on top from the very beginning, you know, who knows, maybe we've just been running them up with like an ego, or who knows, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and so I think, I think um, they really did help us. They, they pushed us to get better. They pushed us to, you know, to think, you know, uh, more strategically as a team and at the end of the day pushed us to learn how to respect your opponents. Vince? Let me read this question again. Um, what has playing against each other taught you that you might have overlooked? Um, uh, playing against against Rise for so long, I feel like I know them. You know, a lot of people, they're, um, I feel like their play styles echo who they are off the court. And um, for the most part, you know, the, the Rise core, they play with um, with integrity, especially, you know, like Surge, Tim, Jim. These are guys that um, that I respect on the court and uh, and off. Surge is um, he's an amazing person. He's very intelligent. I wouldn't have given a had we not had our, um, our rivalry. Um, Jim <laughs> is one of the, the sweetest people, I've, sweetest people that I've ever met in my entire life. He goes, he goes out of his way to um, just to to be warm, and I I never would have given him the time of day to even like to open up to him or give him the opportunity to open up to me, had we not had this doom rise um, the rivalry. Um, there was like I think there was one point in uh, in Vegas we were out, uh, I think we we're we we're both pretty pretty smacked, and like he came and he gave me this uh. I got a gift for you. I'm like, talking about like what is like a shot, <laughs> and he gave me a, a USC um like a like a a necklace type situation. I don't know where he got it, but it was it was moving. Like I never would have expected that from from someone that I hated playing against. He's one of the best catchers, one of the most clutch people I've ever seen on the dodgeball court. But on the off the court, he's a very sweet man, and um, I think that's definitely um, it speaks to. Uh, our rivalry and the respect that we have for each other. Have you guys ever played together? Absolutely. Like on the same team, you guys. So you played with Rise. Like you played. I played on Rise. I played on Rise for an NLI tournament before Doom formed, and also I think in the last year of uh, of NDL, we played on the Tramps, the first Tramp and only um, NDL Tramp division. I think it was uh, Rise of Doom. I want to say me ish in I don't know if it was Pyan, but it was three of us and I think three of them. Yeah. Okay. But when the, the rivalry started, you guys have never played together after that. Like the the sort of the head to head rise doom rivalry. You guys never played again together. I, I think you, I think you played that. with you played with Jim, Vince. Um, I played with Jim in the in, in Tyler's oh, tournament. In Tyler's we tournament. Won, um, we won the overall. We played off. Uh, I love I, I like I said, I love Jim. Mm-hmm. He's a sweet dude. He's he's a um a very intense player. He was clutch. I love playing with him. Um, I played with you guys a few times. I, I remember coming down to to San Diego to play with the uh, cloth balls way back in the day with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm given the opportunity to play with with uh with those those core three, I would never say no. Likewise, likewise. Yeah, I think it's awesome that your guys' relationship has definitely peaked. At it's gone past the rivalry, and now it's it's just a friendship. Um which I think is amazing. Um, so Frankie has a question, which is keep it civil, but give us the dirt. <laughs> then then Lucas comes in and says, you have to ask a question if you want the answers. 
And so Frankie comes back and says, speaking of that, I remember how toxic the old Doom and Rise matchups could be, like 2012-ish. What helped heal that relationship? I guess we sort of talked about that just now. But uh, what was your favorite thing about playing against each other in the more recent years? Am I going first this time? I think it's your turn, Vince. Um, I don't think the respect thing came into play until... <laughs> I don't know, dude, like 2015, 16. Um, I know it took a while for, for Pyan to, to warm up to, uh, to rise. I know he was, he was, he was hurt from the, from the breakup, but I don't, he's a very respectful person now. Like we've all matured as, um, as we've, as we've played, but in the earlier, in the earlier years, there was a lot of, um, finger pointing and it was, it wasn't, we weren't mature enough to get past that and that um it made for ugly dodgeball yeah i think uh i think a lot of the bad blood stemmed from that bad breakup justin mm-hmm. um and as vince mentioned you know we were all somewhat too immature to get past it um i think it was a combination of that bad breakup and also how intense the matches were sort of made for a, a very bad situation um yeah. and unfortunately sort of um poured over into like some of the other players and and it was just kind of like uh you know uh very high emotions every time we would play um i don't know exactly i don't remember exactly when when sort of we got past all that but i I would imagine that maybe a few years like it lasted quite some time and how's your guys relationship now with are you guys okay with pion now the rise guys surge yeah i mean i don't i'm not i'm not great friends with pion i don't give him a call and say hey you want to you want to go get a beer Mm -hmm. but um that's just it's just like cordial. yeah we're all cordial and, and i think uh some of the other guys might be a little bit closer with pine than i am um have no issues with him just mm-hmm. not someone who i connect with regularly he's got a great first name but but i mean like someone like vince for example like vince was was very kind and you know helping me out when i was making my move up to la um temporarily and you know he's like someone i can reach out to and, and you know ask for his advice or help like you know so so a lot of the doom guys like i i look at like you know very warmly mm-hmm. and, and so i think i'm not quite sure when that when that happened but i i remember at some i would i mean i i can't imagine like ever thinking like oh vince is a bad dude <laughs> i don't like him it was just more so like maybe some of the guys i didn't get along with on the team and maybe some of the other guys didn't get along with some of the other guys and it just kind of made for like a bad situation but at some point like i remember saying well all those guys are all right um and and yeah, things got better. Cool. So Connor Lou asks you, who hurt you, Vince? I don't think we had time. Said, I don't think we had time, man. Yeah, I gotta put the kids to sleep. <laughs> all right. Uh, Lucas asks the sweetest victory of all time, which I think we sort of talked about. But what's your toughest memories to forget? Why don't you start with that, Vince? Um, why don't you start with that, Serge? My turn, huh? Okay. <laughs> um toughest memories to forget is this a rivalry thing or just like i think in the doom in your doom rise conversation what's your top your toughest memory to forget so again like i guess doom versus rise is that is that the context okay Mm -hmm. uh i think the the year you guys swept both 8.5 divisions because that's our bread and butter, you know what I mean? Like we, we went there and we, we dug deep and we were able to pull like 
a rabbit out of a hat and win those thing. And this was in uh, New Orleans. Um, but losing both 8.5 divisions was a hard blow. Um, I think that was 2016, right? New Orleans? Might have been 2015. 20, no, it was 2016. 2016. Um, I have it here. Yeah. But yeah, that... that, that that would be the toughest thing to, to sort of swallow for me. Um, it was a tough year for us. We had a, we struggled all year to find a replacement for Casey. Um, I don't know if you guys recall, but Marcus, Marcus ended up filling in last minute for us at nationals. Um, but you know, code 8.5, we lost that as well and no excuses there. So it was just a, it was a tough year. Vince. Um, as you could probably guess, it was the 2018 the Nationals. We um, that was we knew it was going to be our, our last year. We had I think swept um, every single round in the West, and then to come up short in Nationals was uh, it was tough. And usually I, I'm I'm pretty resilient, and um, I let things. I mean, a loss is a loss. That's what I teach my my sons. You can learn from any from any game, from a loss or a win. You have to be humble and learn from it. And um, that one was, that was the hardest one to, to bounce back from. So you guys came into that Nationals knowing you guys, that Doom was done? Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. There was definitely, I could tell like, you didn't yeah, see yeah. totally there at some points, but I guess maybe that's what was weighing on your head. Yeah. Um, so Lucas has another question, which is talk about how much competitive dodgeball has changed in your time as serious dodgeball players? And where do you imagine things will be like in five years? So Vince, you're talking close to 15 years of dodgeball? Last count, so, man. Last count. Yeah. Up there. So what would you say is the biggest thing that's changed in your years of competitive dodgeball? For me personally, it's having a family. It put into perspective everything. Mm-hmm. Before I had a family, I would tell you that dodgeball is life. And now, if you ask me, I'm just going to tell you it's a game. It's a game that I love. I'm very passionate about. But if it comes to me um, making a decision between making my wife happy or making my team happy, my team's going to lose every single time. And that is something that um, was completely different before. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when I first started um, dating Layla, I told her that you had to, she had to respect dodgeball she didn't have to play it but she had to respect it because it was so important to me but now my family is my life that's what it's it's what i live for everything that i do um is 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 for my family in some way shape or form thanks really well said serge so is the question like personally what has changed over the like the the long sort of or or like within the sport I think you can take it either way. Vince took it as personally. You could take it as in the sport. Personally, I would echo everything Vince said. Um, within the sport, what has changed over the, the landscape of 15 years? I mean, a lot. Really hard to kind of capture in just like a, a short passage. Um, but I would say if I did have to, if I was forced to do that, I would say, you know, the whole idea of like, gelling with another group of players and coming together as like a serious team having strategy um like the level of organization within the teams i think is something that is pretty 
interesting and, and exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Now you have teams, you know, you know, you have you have teams like forming before the seasons and before the season and, and you have like folks brainstorming like what positions they're gonna play and people watching film and strategizing and so that level of organization within the team, obviously within the sport as well is pretty pretty amazing to see. But I think uh, that level of organization with the, within the team is pretty pretty exciting. And I don't know what the future holds. What what within the next five years is what is what the question asks. Yeah. Um, within the next five years, hopefully, Rise still winning some championships. <laughs> <laughs> Would you guys say the depth of, of the talent is much deeper now? Than, Absolutely. I mean, even five years ago, I feel like when I first, or six years ago when I first started traveling dodgeball, I think the depth of comp- the competitive teams is is so much higher than it used to be. Absolutely. You, know, you can't take any team really lightly even like the the teams that are newest and just sort of learning are already coming in with strategy they're trying to play correctly you know they're watching film they're watching how players are playing and i just think that's to me that's the thing that's changed the most over the past couple of years commitment too like before like serge said t- teams like a uh, hot sauce would show up with uh, a red shirt and a marquee like with put the their name, name like on the back. yeah and now, like, every single team is getting custom jerseys done weeks before the tournament starts, and you have to commit. You can't have uh, your, your team falling apart in midseason. If you're traveling to each of these rounds, you're spending a lot of money. Um, so it's it's a huge level of commitment, which you have to um, you have to give for your team. And if you don't – if you can't commit to your team, then they're not going to pick you up. Mm-hmm. So the level of the commitment has definitely um, risen. And um, – in the same in the same mind like people are they're working out that was yes. no one was talking about that beforehand nobody was running right. no one was, was counting their steps and stuff like that nobody was well, most teams weren't training but now every single team is training mm-hmm. every team you're, you're you're not going to to play this well if you and your team don't play together and and train so that has definitely changed um in the past um 10 or so years um I didn't really answer what would happen in the future, but I would love to see um, younger dodgeball players and not necessarily like the teenagers and stuff like that, but like kids, like I would love mm-hmm. to see um, youth leagues. We had a, had a youth league way back in the day where, um, where Xander came from. Mm-hmm. Xander was a, a young kid when I first saw him play and I would love to see my son play in a, in a tournament. I think that would be, for me, that would be the, the next goal for me in my dodgeball career is to is to coach and see to see kids shine in the lights like that like like rise and doom have to have a new rivalry between like my kid and and Serge's kid or someone else in the dodgeball community it's like like to travel have travel with your kids like you know like little league that mm-hmm. would be a dream for me and it's totally obtainable just people just have to do it yeah i talked to last week on the the young guns podcast so that was what sir uh chris de jesus was talking about or he was saying that he started sort of a youth league that his son, his brother's in and they have, you know, somewhere between 30 and 50 kids coming playing, which is really awesome. And that was like what he sort of was hoping to contribute to the dodgeball community, which I thought was really awesome. Well, we need that, but otherwise the sport's going to die out in the next yeah. 10 years or so. Yeah. Um, so the next question was Lucas is again, and he says, what would be the one thing you'd tell your, yourself from the 2010 that you know now? 
mine would be fitness. I mean, my body would hurt a lot less if I could, if mm. I was in better shape in 2010 than I am now. What about you guys? I, I thought I was indestructible back then. You know, yeah. I can just show up. To probably a were. I mean, show up to a tournament five minutes before the whistle blows and just go. Now, if I did that, I would, I would blow something out. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's actually happened where I, I, um, I damn I tore something in my shoulder and I was out for like a, the most part of a year. So I would definitely tell my younger self to, to warm up. Your body is not going to be able to, to be young forever. So prepare it. I would tell my younger self to wear uh, basketball shoes. Hmm. I, uh, I used to wear running shoes only, but run, like only running shoes. Yeah. And, and my ankles paid for that. Um, mm. would twist my ankles all the time and wasn't able to make cuts. Like I was a, a very, like, uh, I think forward and backward player, like pretty fast getting to those balls at the line, but then, you know, forget about making like lateral cuts. Like, I don't think I was able to move as well on the court. And then, you know, that's obviously not a very safe thing to, for your ankles either. I think, uh, the support from high top basketball shoes was, uh, a huge turning point for me. I don't know when I did that. I think I, I was pretty, I was a late bloomer. I think I, I made the switch like in 20, 2013. Yikes. Yeah. Um, some of the questions I feel like we've sort of answered a couple times. Um, Eli asks, being that both Doom and, and Rise have won national championships, which one's your favorite? I feel like you guys have said that and also your guys' toughest. So I'm going to move past that. Um, Frankie asks, for Surge specifically, What's secret to consistently bringing in new teammates and are and achieving similar goals um, at the highest level? Um, he said we did it pretty well with Awesome, but you guys were truly elite at it. And you sort of talked about your strategy. Would you say that's the main reason why you were able to bring new people in because you had hard, fast, set rules? Yep. Yeah, we had to get we had to get 100% buy-in from whoever we brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris Bell will tell you about that. Uh, Tyler Greer will tell you about that. Chad Lander will tell you about that. Alan will tell you about that. Like, you know, we have, a, we have a strategy in place. And again, as I mentioned earlier, it's not something that's static. It changes every year. It changes within the year. But once we all agree and are on board, like you got to buy in. And so making sure that we had that buy in from, especially from like the newer folks was huge. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the training camps that we started doing um, toward the end of, uh, I think like in 20, 2017 is when we started doing those, like that, that went a long way. You know, folks would fly in to San Diego and we would all get a long weekend to, to just gel and to make sure that we're all on the same page. And then just kind of like, um, you know, meeting before every tournament, um, whether it be like for breakfast, like the morning of or the night before for a dinner. And going over that strategy and just kind of talking about what you know what the game plan is and um i think that also really helped so so getting buy-in from those newer folks was the key ingredient for us in terms of like being able to gel with with newer folks on the team and do you guys have like a script that you guys are talking like is there something you always say to new players that this is you know x y and z and you always say it to new players or is it different with each player in that conversation no, I mean, when you're bringing we, them no, in we, yeah, no, when we bring someone in, we let them know what, the, what the, we basically open up the playbook. And we say, look, mm-hmm. here's, here's like, here are the like specific strategies. This is the general philosophy. Like, th- these are the ideas that we have. You know, it's something that we, you know, that we change and we can have discussions about them. Like, anything's open to debate. But once, you know, once 
you know, it's set in stone. You got to buy in. You got to, you got to basically follow the rules. Like this is, this is the way it is. Um, and, and when players, like when we actually get out on the court and play and something doesn't go according to plan, like we have that open feedback policy, right? But like mm-hmm. you can be approached and said, Hey, look, you know, the reason why you did this wrong was because of X, Y, and Z. The reason why I did something wrong was because X, Y. So having that ability to sort of self-reflect and to understand why something wasn't within the game plan, or maybe even just like making suggestions on why the game plan isn't working and making revisions accordingly. But um, so it's not like something that we have like written as a script, but but we always do have that sort of debriefing going on with new players and, mm-hmm. and more debriefing, more so debriefing with them. Like, you know, after tournaments, like sort of going over what went well, what didn't go well before tournaments, going over the game plan, et cetera. Cool. Uh, so Felix Peroni asks, what is it like balancing dodgeball and fatherhood? Vince, you sort of mentioned it. Serge, I know you're balancing it differently this year. Um, how is balancing dodgeball and fatherhood treating you, Serge? Well, I took, I took a yearly sabbatical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because um, I ended up accepting a, a position which I'm unfortunately no longer at because of the coronavirus uh, situation. But long story short, I accepted a position at the end of last season in Santa Monica, and that entailed me living in Santa Monica during the week and San Diego um, during the weekend. And so my time with my son was very limited to the weekend. So I, I basically took a sabbatical. I told, told the guys, hey, look, I'm going to take a step back this year because I can't sacrifice any practice time to dodgeball like my, my son and my family comes first i can't sacrifice not even two hours of practice time on a sunday mm-hmm. to two hours that i could instead be spending with my son so um as mentioned i'm now back in san diego so so that obviously changes my calculation hopefully i can find some some work down here and and that would obviously allow me to spend more time with my son and i'll be back into the swing of things with with rise and with the team but in short i think uh you know as vince mentioned so eloquently i think I think dodgeball takes a backseat when you have a family, you know, um, it's the most important thing. So, so they come first and then, and then, uh, you know, dodgeball comes next. Vince, you want to add anything else to what you said earlier? Cause I thought it was really pretty perfect. What you said. Um, what was difficult, um, is like every tournament that I go to, I'm paying my ticket, my wife's mm-hmm. ticket. Mm-hmm. both sons tickets or I'm finding um, a babysitter. So every time I'm going to a tournament, I'm basically playing, paying four times what I normally would. So it's a, it's a very big commitment for me financially. Yeah. I can second it as someone who has two kids, you know, I'm often, you know, on tournaments, I'll leave at you know, four o'clock in the morning to drive to a tournament so that I can play the day and then drive back that night. You know, I try not to ever stay over. Um, which limits, you know, sort of the time you hang out with everyone, but, you know, you, at least you get your little bit of court time and you get to play the sport that we all love. Um, but yeah, you try to balance the two things as much as you possibly can. Yeah. And, uh, you miss, you know, you miss out for certain tournaments because of certain things that, you know, family is much more important for. Yep. Um, Frankie asks, this is, I guess, mostly for Vince, but having built doom with your best friends and now transitioning to heat, has that reinvigorated your passion for dodgeball or for the game being like on a new team with new players or is it just feel the same? Um, definitely. I feel like I'm, I'm blessed to play with, uh, to play with heat. These guys are top to bottom, some of the most talented and some of the most humble <laughs> people in the sport. And um, 
I have fun off the court with them. I, f I have a lot of fun off the court in our in our threads or some, they're funny people. And um, they're all very committed to the game. We all, everyone is, is staying in shape. They're working out. Every, like it's the first team I've been on where people do stats. And um, that kind of commitment is, is, it's a blessing. And that's not taking anything away from Doom. It's just, I'm happy where I am. I couldn't. I couldn't think of a, another team that I'd rather be on. I, I. I ended up in a in a great place. So, very happy. Um, Kim asks, "Is there anything from the NDL that you wish was still in today's game? Ball types, stingers, stingers. the rush. Next you wish you'd have stingers still. <laughs> Absolutely. Serge, stingers are bad." Um, I remember getting jacked in the forehead by Mason with one who actually doesn't throw as hard as he throws an 8.5, but it was still hurt like yeah. uh, stingers are great, but I would also say the rush, the rush was huge. I mean, I know, I know it's problematic as cause you know, people get jump starts and it's, it's tough. It's tough, but, but the rush was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I remember when Mark, when Mark phased it out, I gave him a hard time. I said, Mark, look, we've designed our team with like the rush as like a major like consideration. Like we have a lot of fast players and when we pick like people to be on the team, like that was one of the things that we took into account. And now you're just like kind of screwing up all of these things that we had planned already. Um, so selfish. Yes, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty so selfish. selfish. Yeah, it was a pretty <laughs> <laughs> What was the deal? It was, it was just open rush, all six balls, anyone can get it all six? Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we'd come and we'd, I mean, maybe get five out of six, and that'd be great. Next thing you yeah. know, you're standing in front of like another team with five, six balls, and that's like, that's yeah, a game. Yeah, it's a game. But I mean, I guess like now, like it was all fun in games. Like it was a lot of fun back then. But now that I'm like kind of like talking through this, maybe not. Maybe not so much because it does take a lot of the strategy away. Like if you have a team that has six balls and just takes out the entire team, then it fundamentally changes the game. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've 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 suffered multiple concussions from the so really the rush just head-to-head contact contact yeah there was one uh udc tournament i think it was the first one we ever played in where this um high school kid on steroids just leveled me Ooh. and i i played i i came to when the game was over like we we won the game and i was like what has happened I'm like are you fucking serious like i i i don't have any recollection of the entire game wow i just got rocked that hard i played the game i think i had a couple catches too it was I'm sure it was great. I just don't remember it. Because UDC used to be the same thing. All balls are, are alive? Uh, at, the, at the first point, when it first started, yeah. I think they still have, like, you can run for the, the middle, middle ball. Right? Yeah. But when it first started, all the balls were on the middle line. Mm -hmm. Now you, I think you start with the ball. So yeah. you can still run for that ball. But at, in the beginning, when we first started, it was everyone would rush in – it was it was it was a disaster. And so there's 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 certain players who know that like when you line up against them that they can't beat you, so they're gonna go full steam and they're gonna level you, hit you. So yeah. they're gonna go with their shoulder with their shoulder down and try and level like take you out, and that's the unfortunate part um, of having an open rush. And yeah. I mean if if there's people that want to win that that much that they'll try and hurt you, so I don't I don't miss that. Yeah, I, I've never experienced that, but I can totally see that happening. Um, so yeah, that's not that's obviously not a good thing. Uh, and, and I, I, like as a attorney organizer, it's like of course not. It's, it's a no brainer. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's concussions. Like you'll have concussions every tournament. Yeah. 
Yeah, it doesn't make sense for the tournaments. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I, I do remember like the Ostuva guys being notorious for that. Like some of the guys on that team, like just pile driving people at the line. They're uh, not as quick. And if they're going to get beat every single time, they're going to lose ball control. They're yeah. going to do what they what they have to do. Um, Dom has a question. Have you guys ever thought of making a master class and selling it like Steph Curry? Uh, master classes? I don't know what the master class is. I don't watch basketball, so, but I know Steph Curry is. So master class is a uh, company that basically gets the leaders in lots of different fields and they sort of give their explanation of how they do it. They've done one with like Ron Howard on directing and um, Bob Iger on how to build the best business with Disney and mm. Steph Curry one for basketball. So would you guys ever thinking about teaching basically other people the how you guys play dodgeball and selling it? I've thought about it for, um, for UDC. Like I would, back before I had a family, I would have loved to travel to the UDCs and teach people how to play dodgeball for money. But um, we have families now. We have careers. It's it's not really realistic. Yeah. If it were possible, absolutely. Um, and then the last question, Gage asks, do they see? Do you guys see any players that mimic sort of the famous players from your guys' team? Like, do you guys see anyone that's sort of like the up and coming Nate Kreider, or do you guys see an up and coming Jim, or an up and coming Tim, or Payan, or? That kind of thing with the young players. You want me to take a stab at this one first? Yeah, please. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Like, all of the young players that I see have, like, their own unique style. And I think within, like, I think a lot of the young players, like, the younger, like, really good players, like, that uniqueness is similar, like, among them, among them, among their Mm. cohort. Like I don't, I don't see a lot of parallel in, say, like the way like a Nate or like a Tim would play, um, and and the way like some of the younger players play. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they've picked up like a lot of stuff from like some of the older folks, but I don't know. It's like it's 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 hard to kind of put my finger on it. Like it's a lot, it's a lot faster. It's a lot more raw. Um, it's great. It's 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 different. Um, so I'm not so sure that I see like someone who's like a specific like um, up and coming that would model some of like the older players who are like you know known as like stars in their time. Mm-hmm. Vince, um, <clears throat> I see a lot of players that like will do a lot like some of the certain moves that you know Rise and Doom used to do like the sliding back catches, um, pitch backs and whatnot. But for the most part. What I see and I love to see is the younger players who are more dynamic than, than we are. Like a lot of the, specifically the, like the Sky Zone players, they bring a lot more to the sport than what, than what we did. They're more agile, they're smart, they can do things that we couldn't do when we first started because they've seen where Doom took the game, they've seen where Rise took the game, and they're going above and beyond that. Like in specific, like uh, the two of the guys. Like these guys, um, they can play how we play, but they're young. So they can do things that we can't. Like, you know, Alan um, and Xander, like these guys are the future. And that's mm-hmm. what I love to see. I see Rise in them. I see Doom in them, but I also see more. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of potential. And that makes me feel, I mean, I feel that the future is in good hands with the, with kids like that. Like 
like people like uh like Connor. Like he can he can dodge, he can block, but his throw is ridiculous. The things yeah. he can do with the nose thing ball are just retarded. Yeah. And then you even have you know players like a like a Cedro monster. If we would have had a Cedro back in the day, Rise would have never beat us. Ever. You <laughs> <laughs> um, would have had a strategy for that. I'm sure you would have. <laughs> but like Cedro would have been on on Rise, isn't he from San Diego? Oh, he is now. Yeah. Oh. So is so is uh <laughs> But um, like I was saying, like the it, the game has um it's evolved. And yeah, the players have to have to evolve as well. So, if people are trying to be like Rise and Doom, they're they're a step behind. You got to be better than 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 you were. Um. So that pretty much ends everything. Um. Do you guys want to give any shout outs to your former teammates or anyone else? Your family. So we've given family shout outs a bunch. Serge. Serge. Shout out to everyone, all of the above. Uh, you know, I think uh, obviously to you, Justin and Steve, for having us on. Steve has been quiet this entire time because his internet is not doing well, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for having us on, and it's been a pleasure. Shout out to my wife and kid who let me take this call. Yeah, I definitely got to shout out my wife first, who <laughs> is uh, upstairs putting the kids to sleep right now. You just yeah. saw Brandon come down here and give me um my love for the night, which means I'm probably in trouble. Yeah. But um, you and Steve for setting this up, the people that do podcasts, the people who are um, holding uh, those tournaments online during quarantine, um, people who, who host tournaments. Um, uh, it's important that the, that the sport keeps going. And Serge and I, we're, we have other focuses now, so we can't do the things that we once used to. So we... I'm thankful for people like you. Mm-hmm. It's it's important that we keep the love um, for the sport going. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate well, I would, this opportunity. Yeah, I, I would thank you both. You both have been unbelievably kind on uh, private chats, how to play dodgeball, how to build a team, how to, you know, how to get some plays, how to steal plays from different teams. Um, that kind of stuff's been awesome. And I just enjoy talking to you guys. My last yeah. and final question. My last shout final to, question. To, sorry, shout out to, to Ballas Day and uh, KBS. Yeah, yeah, them too. My last final question is, is uh, what is in your dodgeball bag that you think makes your dodgeball bag original or is different than anyone else's bag? Do you have anything in your bag that you carry that no one else you think carries? Everyone's got tape. Everyone's got, you know, sneakers, all that kind of stuff. Is there anything you have different? <laughs> Drone sometimes. <laughs> um, I have um, I have a collection of, of armbands, which mean a lot to me. Um, one in particular was uh, one that that Nate made for the team when his his father passed, um, Randy Kreider. So I always keep that in my bag, just because um, it means a lot. Going through that with um, with the team, it was uh, it's special to me. So having I always had that with me. I also have one from um, from the Harrells from uh, when their mother passed away due to cancer. So I have that in my bag because um, that's also it's, it's very special to me. So, yeah. Nothing on my end, Justin. Yeah, no, I just uh, I, I hope I have everything that I need in my bag and just always scramble in, especially if Karina is not around like my like a chicken with my head cut off. So hmm. I, hope I have my car keys, my phone, nothing special. Do you guys Sounds carry good. a script? 
A script? Yeah, I write a script. This is oh for like the uniform? What are you talking I don't know, about? A script Wait, for your plays. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember seeing I remember like there was something circulating. I, I think when oh, you yeah. guys dropped it. Yeah, like, we no, dropped the no uniform. red shoes, nothing. You can do that again, you're fing cut. Yeah, yeah. That was uh I think it was Steve who found it and then he like he like publicized it. And uh it was something that Tim put, Jim Jim put together for like a newer player. Mm. <laughs> it was like the the uniform code. Um so that was quite embarrassing. But no, so that we, came from Jim. That came from Jim. The sweet yeah. guy. That's your sweet man. <laughs> there you Thank go. You. All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for great talking me. to you. Likewise, be safe. Say goodnight to Brandon and your other chat and your son, Serge. Will do. All right. See you, Steve. All right, so that was a really awesome to listen to uh, conversation between Vince Marchbanks and Serge Ferrari. And uh, guys, thank you so much for, for being willing to hop on and, and spend some time this evening to, to talk with uh, Justin. Um, actually, and thank you, Justin, for, for doing this as well. Um, all of you guys being fathers, I can imagine how much time you really do have to spare now um, to just be a parent and you know take, take a little pause and, and talk to Oswald and, and answer some of these really awesome questions that were sourced from the crowd. And just kind of hopefully give an idea of what it takes to put together a, a team with a legacy as as huge as Rise and as huge as Doom. Um, being able to sit down and pick the brains of Dodgeball's greatest minds is one of the things I've loved to do uh, so much in the past coming uh, couple of years. And uh, while I couldn't really actively participate in this one just due to internet issues, I, I didn't want uh, lag to uh, disrupt the flow. Um, it was really cool just being a fly on the wall and just creeping on on E3, but. Um, Thank you everyone that submitted questions. Um, if you like this, if you'd like to, for us to decide to like to reach out to other captains and and pick their brains, um, for any region, any region and division, uh, let me know. Um, again, we're we're kind of I don't want to say overloading the the podcast with with content mostly because of the COVID thing, but um, I haven't received any complaints yet. So I guess since we're all still in quarantine, let's just talk about dodgeball. That all being said, um, thank you guys for tuning in as always. Have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, great weekend, and we'll see you next time. good man i just you got bad words uh yeah mostly just vince yeah i just very actively listening um guys a lot of good stuff in there though i'm, I'm glad yeah, it was uh, fun. i'm glad you're able to pick it up man thank you for for being there and putting this on um do you just want to do the intro or the outro and i'll just uh sit tight or do you what want is to do your it? outro normally i can't even remember um i can do it man if you want um that way i can explain where i went sure Almost, okay that way uh, have some kind of active role in this thing but um yeah that was that was good dude i will yeah, it was hopefully perfectly an hour and a half yeah hopefully get friday off and i'll spend pretty much all friday morning thursday night bleeping out a lot of <laughs> so what was it like 15 oh, dude, it was, swears uh, one, was two, it more than that three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty six I feel like once he knew that there was... Oh, dude, I was... It's a good thing I muted myself because like, no, no, you cannot cuss. But I didn't want to... I didn't want to...
interrupt the flow. So 